0: climbers for all intents and purposes it's true terrestrial radio is dead i'm about to prove it to you but like with any crisis there's danger and opportunity in this case the opportunity is for the indie artist like you today we're going to unpack a recent bob left blog entitled the death of radio which tackles the phenomenon of Oliver Anthony and Richmond, North of Richmond. You're gonna to wanna to stick around and listen to this. There's so much going on in this article. Welcome to the Club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business because leverage is what you're going to need. Gosh, we are so going to make the point of this in today's episode, uh, but it's all about leverage. You want to work with the right people in the industry to get your career going, then leverage is what you're going to need. It's it's not so much the talent. I mean, you, you know, you're going to have to have talent to be a good artist, but you're going to have to have leverage to get anybody to know about it in the industry. That's why we call it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. How many times can I say leverage? Say it again, (laughs) leverage, leverage. Uh, (laughs) So that is a Baxter name created by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who also happens to be a hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got songs right now as we speak, climbing up the charts on Southern Gospel, right? That's right. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro, helps you figure it out by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on the regular, he connects you with the pros, gives you the opportunity to create a relationship, and I'm here to tell you, relationships have been and continue to be created. So this is real. This isn't selling hope. It's real. If you've got the goods, he's going to put you in front of the people that can help you with that. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com.
1: And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Duenelle. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but Johnny is smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. Dude, Oliver Anthony. Yes. Wow.
0: Wow, wow, hey, wow. That's
1: a whole situation
0: right there, isn't it? Yeah, for so many things on so many levels, right? <laughs> this is, He's been talked about on a
1: whole lot of different kind of podcasts this week yeah. for many yeah. reasons, right?
0: Yeah, and we're not going to talk about the political stuff. Like, what we're going to talk about is business stuff. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, I want you to rest assured that that's what's going on here. But, man, we have been validated times a thousand with Bob Lefzitz now and Billboard magazine now echoing everything we've been saying for the last seven years. Mm-hmm. So, once again, we're right. There we go. <laughs> Hate to see it.
1: Oh, yeah. You think it would get old. Whisper. It
0: doesn't get old. Yeah doesn't get old like it now it, it is hard work being this right all the time i mean i can say fun.
1: that because it's mainly you being right so i'm just you know yeah, yes, <laughs> that's right, right. i'm so right. smart listening to you
0: you're right too i'm just right when it comes to the music business you're right when it comes to songwriting there we business. go so which is you know, a, a fact which is proven by the i'm continually surprised by the amount of like major industry songwriters and publishers that listen to our podcast i was just like what <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Totally dig it. So anyway, before we get into that, let's get into some business. Join the yes. climb community if you haven't done so on Facebook. It's just Facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash the climb community. You have to ask to be let in. We let everybody in so long as you don't look like a bot. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you know, if your account looks like if you just now <laughs> crawled out from under a rock and got on Facebook last week and your first order of business was to join the climb,
1: you need, you're going to message one of us to let us know you're legit. You're going to need to message
0: us to let us know you're legit. Otherwise, I'm saying, I'm calling no. I'm saying this is a bot that's going to, you're going to come on and try to sell us like carpeting or siding or something like that. Right. And uh, I'm not going to allow it. But everybody else, you get let in until you do something stupid. And then you get roadhoused out because make no mistake, we care about our community. I don't know why we keep saying this because I feel like the people that we wrote house out clearly have just never listened to the podcast. Yeah. This they don't really because they, listen to they just find a group and they Blast come in them. and join it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, you're not the problem.
0: Yeah, that's right. But hey, listen, we want to hear about, Like, this is a place where you can get supported by all of the community and Brent and myself. But the feed, the feed's for everybody. The feed's mm-hmm. not for you to do any advertising for yourself. The feed is for like share news, share comedy, share, you know, anything that's like music oriented that, that makes sense to this audience that can help them uh-huh. turn on to it. But we want to hear about your music. We just want to hear that as a comment on a post on Mondays. We want to hear about your gigs. We want to hear that as a comment on a post on Thursday. And we want to hear about your wins because we share those on the podcast. That's every Wednesday with the new Heights section. Mm-hmm. Comment there. And Brent, what we got? All right. So
1: more wins than we can cover on here, which is a win in and of itself. So we're going to pop it off a couple of these. Let's see. Laura Laura Principato. Sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, Laura. Uh, celebrated a standing ovation for singing a Jimmy Buffett song as a tribute over Labor Day weekend. And I specifically wanted to share Laura's because, man, I hate that Jimmy Buffett has left us. I know. I'm an aspiring parrot head. I never got to see him in concert, but... Dad gum, I've worn his box set out and several albums out. And so God bless Jimmy Buffett. Thank you for all the good. music.
0: You're an inspiring. Pair of, yeah. Thank you for the music. I just posted, you know, I don't know if I put it in the climb community. off have to check. But I posted something that he was just spitting truth. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. I shared that on my uh, Instagram, too. It, okay. So it's so good, right? Like yeah. about the music business, about being an artist, about not sucking. And uh, so Go- and the establishment, like they they uh-huh. went offline years ago, you know, and made more money. I mean, this dude is, he was a really smart dude. He was a good uh-huh. human being and the world is a better place for, because he was in it. So yep. yeah, God bless you, Jimmy Buffett, man.
1: So, all right. Another win is by Climber and Songwriting Pro member. Randy Manor had a Labor Day release by Daniel Ball. A song called Stranger in the Pew topped off yesterday at the time of this. He posted it at number 13 on iTunes. So, nice. good job, Randy. Wrote that with my other buddy Jordan Burks, who's uh, another Arkansas fan like me. And the three of us write some. I'm not on that song, but I remember hearing that because it came through a songwriting pro event, a publisher event, and I was like, I like that song, and it made it to the event. That's not what got it cut; that it got cut through their angle. But I was like, I've liked that song for a couple years now. Yeah. So it's good to see yeah. it uh, get its due. And it, I like to say, it validates my ANR ears for these things. Like, yeah, that's I, right. I, I knew it was good.
0: It was good. <laughs> See, I was right. So it was like a win for There's me. A that going on today.
1: There's a lot of that going on. Today. Yeah, it feels like a win for me because I'm like my ANR is chops are validated, and also I'm, I'm happy
0: for my friends. And we both take extreme pleasure and pride in our community succeeding yeah. no matter how it happens. You know what I mean? It's like when something good happens, we love it. That's why we're talking about the win. So shout out to Randy Manor. Good job, buddy.
1: Yep. Uh, let's see here. Carrie Cunningham, climber says just signed an exclusive contract for my song. Eggnog had an amazing single release party in Oregon and a fantastic time playing for the 100th year celebration of the Ellensburg yeah, Ellensburg Rodeo. So congrats, Carrie, on the song agreement and on your current release. Good job, Carrie. And awesome, you can go find Carrie Cunningham. Go find her. She does
0: good work. She's a good human, too. Yeah. She's a good human. Right? I, like, I've known her everywhere, She's everywhere. She works, man. I've known her. Europe. She's in Nashville. She's in Oregon. She's in California. And she's playing all these places. Like she's uh she's like i, I don't yeah, know how to describe her she's a force of freaking nature man yeah for sure
1: well, let's see this a new one real quick aaron uh Baldies, i guess is how you say your name baldez maybe but over labor day weekend went to 10 sleep wyoming i just want to read this because it's a town in wyoming called 10 sleep i don't know but that's cool to participate in the wyoming singer-songwriter competition made it to the semi-finals but that isn't what i'm celebrating it was day it was a three-day festival with bighorn mountains so so many dedicated songwriters from the state we had so many sweet jams and workshops reminded me of how good it can feel to play with other musicians which i haven't really done since before covid so he wants to also celebrate he got into co-write with another songwriter there so that's cool man that's a win aaron just to sometimes just go oh yeah this is why
0: i love music
1: jamming with people and the good sweet vibes so love that so congrats all y'all keep on climbing
0: there you go. And hey, don't forget to come to Nashville or come out if you're in Nashville on Monday, October 23rd right. for the first ever Climb Show Writers Night Takeover. That's right. We've got a super lineup of hit songwriters that have been on the show mm-hmm. and climbers that have just have risen above the den if you will and are going to be in there so it's going to be a fun night there's going to be a lot of industry people there Mm -hmm. come and hang out come and make some relationships with other songwriters with publishers with brent and i it's all about relationships man it's all about the hang this is a great place to make that happen. So That's right. we hope to see you out there. It'll be at Live Oak, by the way, which is on Demumbrian Hill there. Just right, uh, Demumbrian right off of I-65. Yep,
1: from 6 to 11 on, it's a Monday night. And the, our rounds start, they have a live band from 6 to 7, then our rounds start at 7 and go to 11. And I'm stoked for it. We got a couple spots left we're going to fill up, but man, what we have so far, it's, it's a crew. It's going to be a vibe. But by the time. way,
0: I mean, if... if since we're not booking the band from 6 to 7, why do we keep saying it's from 6 to 11? Well, cause
1: I'm going to plan to be there early, so that's going to be my chance to shake hands once it gets rolling. I don't know how like much I'm going to be around to. Yeah. You know? hanging with people. Oh, I'm imagining us to be visiting a lot. So that's it for me. Because like, get there early. Because I'm gonna get there early, so I can, I can do. Okay, it
0: keeps confusing me. I'm like, do we have to, do we have to book that band? Like, no,
1: what- no, we do not book that <laughs> band.
0: What happens in the six o'clock hour? Because I feel unaware.
1: <laughs> yeah, live band from six to seven has. We don't book them. I'm sure they'll be great, but I'm gonna try and get there early, so I can you know see friendly faces and hobnob and all that good stuff.
0: Right on. Well, okay, let's get into this. we got a lot to cover. Yes, let's do it. A lot to cover. So, Bob Lefsitz, we've been talking about him for the entirety of the length of this podcast for the last seven years. He's a guru. If you don't subscribe to his blog, you should. It's lefsitz.com, L-E-F-S-E-T-Z.com. He's also got an incredible podcast where you can have you know your favorite stars and really incredible business people are sort of long form interviewed. It's an hour long and lots of great stories, great insight. I have just gained so much from listening to that podcast. Not the least of which is completely ripping off the, the uh, chain smokers release strategy huh. on how they do that, which was told by their manager, Adam Alpert, who's interviewed on the podcast. So it's, you know, and, and he's super, super knowledgeable about the music industry and also about tech I don't agree with his politics so much, but uh, so I don't really chime in or listen in on, on those interviews, mm-hmm. but really it's 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 mostly business and, and music business stuff. He's just really, really sharp. He's a great writer and he's on point. So to me, reading this, this came out about a week ago, I guess, or a week and a half ago, I just was like, oh my God, this is, it, finally now he's saying it. Yeah. So here we go. We're going to get into this, and we're going to kind of unpack this as as we go along. Starts out by saying, all you have to know is Richmond, north of Richmond, went to number one on the streaming chart, which is a bit complicated because there's on-demand streaming and radio-style streaming and YouTube and dot, dot, dot. But if you make it to number one, one thing's for sure, people are listening. And it's all about consumption. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm going to repeat that. It's all about consumption. And therefore, guys, I'm adding this. Whomever owns the traffic rules the road because it's the traffic that is consuming. That's right. Okay, so he says, uh, can we forget about the good old days? You know, with fat label contracts and prodigious CD sales, they're never coming back ever. Mm. And we can forget about sales altogether. The iTunes store is de minimis, a fraction of what it once was. And that's a de minimis is a 50 cent word for too trivial or minor to merit consideration. Okay. 20 years have passed since iTunes' inception. To talk about iTunes consumption today is like talking about 78 consumption after the introduction of the 45. It's over. As for physical sales, that's souvenirs. It's not about listening. Travis Scott, he's number one this week because of a cheap vinyl offer. In other words, his residence atop the chart is manipulated. Unlike Morgan Wallen, who's number two on the chart this week, based on consumption, not sales. Mm. Ignore sales. They're a metric the labels use to manipulate the chart. But streaming? You only get paid when people listen. The pre-internet generation hates this. They'd rather sell you the album, get their bucks and forget you. But this is incredibly short-sighted. Let's just stop right here for a second and talk about that. Yeah. That line, they'd rather sell you the album, get their bucks and forget you. That's the way it always worked because that's the way it had to work. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, you couldn't sell direct to consumers. So you sold to distributors and the labels never knew who the customer was. They couldn't forget you. They never knew you. They never knew you. It was just impossible to know that. And and Hollywood was the same way. You made movies, you sold the movies through distribution. Mm -hmm. When it did well at the movie theaters, you got more money, but you knew who the distributors were and maybe the the big people at the, the large movie theater chains. But you don't know who's bought the ticket. No. You don't know who liked it, who didn't like it, because you couldn't. But now Hollywood certainly knows, don't they? Yeah, they did. But the labels don't. They still don't know. It's almost twenty twenty four, y'all, and they might be the last friggin' industry on the dang planet that doesn't have an email list of all of their customers. Like it's it's insane that this is a fact, but it is a fact. And you, you know, why am I saying all this stuff, guys? Because I want you to, you got to be careful what you ask God for. You got to be careful who you're going to work with. Some of you guys are really talented Uh and you're going to start to get a lot of attention and you need to make sure that the attention that you're getting from somebody that might be your hero in the industry or somebody that, you know, I would have given my left arm to work with 30 years ago is how are they going to approach it now? Yeah. Because it's become an increasingly huge problem that we're going to, you know, spell out even more in this blog and with my comments here. But he says that, um, you know, what you want to do is create something so infectious that it will continue to be consumed and you'll get paid handsomely. Now, in the pre-internet era, the way you sold was via radio and then music videos on MTV when MTV came out. hmm People saw the product or heard the product on radio, and they went out and bought it. In other words, radio and MTV were promotional tools. Yeah. Radio's business is advertising. Stations don't care about the music. They'd air anything if enough people listened and they could sell advertising. That's right. So you know, music and radio, says it says, is a marriage of convenience. But the marriage is on the rocks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that again. The marriage is on the rocks. People aren't getting their needs met. (laughs) Exactly. No. And a marriage of convenience, y'all, that was what was convenient about it. Well, radio used to be, prior to the invention of television back in the 50s, news content, sports content, dramatic content, and comedic content. Mm -hmm. There There wasn't a whole lot of music on there. There was music, but it was way more of that. Yeah. Think of MTV and CMT now. We've got all these shows over here, and then for a couple hours a day, we play some music. Right, yeah. That's what it was like. And then all of a sudden, when TV came in, all of the dramatic and comedic content left uh-huh. to go to a bigger platform on TV, and radio's like, what do we do now? And by that time, the record labels... Had we need content. <laughs> exactly. We need content. And now it's like 25 years after the labels have been fighting them, like literally banning artists from going on the radio, thinking that if you can hear the artists sing their music on the radio for free, get the milk for free, you're not going to buy the cow. Mm-hmm. But you know they were wrong about that again. Again, right. right. That, that's where it started. <laughs> So the marriage is on the rocks. He says that uh, yesterday you used radio exposure to sell product. Today, when it works, you're selling streams. Sure, there's publishing money on airplay in the U.S., but the record company doesn't get paid a penny. And the majors are no longer own all the publishing or they have admin deals on the hits at a very low rate. Mm -hmm. So the labels need to focus on streaming to make money to pay their bills. Right. They can't sustain on publishing. Yeah. Now, online radio, meaning streaming or online radio streams or uh, satellite radio, pays both the record company and the publisher.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Satellite radio, which is selling subscriptions, not ads. They pay both the record company and the publisher. So it's not just the writers. The artist gets paid for it too. But the real money for the labels is in direct consumption. People choosing to listen to a certain track and streaming it that's it to think otherwise is to deny the present okay so consumption guys we work with the with this amazing company that for spotify playlist promotion this company owns boatloads of spotify playlists that have boatloads of traffic in Mm -hmm. fact They're in lots of different genres, but when it comes to country, they've cornered the market on country. Their only competition is Sony, okay? Yeah. The guys that own this have two revenue streams, okay? Because they own the traffic. They own the traffic. They own the traffic, okay? One revenue stream, companies like me pay them money to place my artist songs in their playlists because they get streams. And that helps us with the algorithm on Spotify. And it's, it's part of the on-ramp to Spotify editorial playlists where there's money to be made. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the other revenue stream? They pay people to create recordings of cover songs because they own the masters.
1: So they own the playlist they go out pay somebody like work for hire go do this cover song of this popular song we'll pop it on the playlist and then we own the master so we get paid like the label and the artist does yeah yeah from spotify
0: on our own playlist on their own play so literally he pays like a thousand bucks a song but it's a flat rate work for hire thing they work it all, almost always like all in the box. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They try to make them sound like the original as much as they can use different singers, but then the company owns the master. They're, he's getting a million streams a month per song on his masters. Makes 3,200 bucks a month on a song when it gets a million streams times, you know, I think they got 40 or 50 songs out there now. They own the traffic. Man. Be thinking about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. To say that it's not about the traffic, right? To really believe it's still about radio is to deny the present. However, he says the major labels are lost in this new era and keep pouring money into radio. They keep pouring money into radio. I know this is a fact mm-hmm. because the pain that I get called into record label meetings for now is that they want to take a new artist to radio that they just signed, but radio won't even look at them, even though they're a label because there's not enough traffic on digital to have them even consider putting a song into the playlist. Remember when radio used to tell people what was good? All
1: right, yeah.
0: Remember that? Remember those days? Now it's not true. You have to be good enough to get on the radio, people, even if you're a record label. So what happens if they're in pain. They're like, Johnny, can you help us out? Yeah, here's what you're gonna have to spend. We can't do that, okay. And I'm not talking about my fee. I'm talking about like ads, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to go hardcore on digital ads to get enough traffic and enough results on digital so that when you spend 300 grand to put this artist out on radio tour to try to get on a playlist, they'll even listen to you. Right. But they keep pouring money into radio. Now, if you're an artist, I got it on a label Go ahead.
1: I got what this analogy is. Okay, so it's like, oh, we want to spend some money on on this little digital, digital crap to make us more attractive to the radio because that's where it is. The radio. Okay, what that is? That's a plot from a nineteen eighties rom com where the the girl, like the guy, wants to make the the prom queen like jealous. Of him, so she's into him. So to make himself look more attractive, he's going to find this little girl that's a little mousey, you, know, you know, not a very attractive nobody, and he's going <laughs> to gussy her up and fake like they're dating, so that therefore he looks more attractive to the prom queen. But then he figures out he doesn't really like the prom queen because that girl was it the whole time. It matters to like Taming of the Shrew or something, but like in the 80s rom-com, that's what it is. Digital is that little mousy girl that the guy that wants to be popular with the prom queen isn't paying much attention to, but she's where it's at the whole time. Right.
0: That's so good. What was I know the movie you're talking about? I'm trying to remember the name of it. She's all
2: that, right?
1: She's all that. Or I think there's a Patrick Dempsey one, maybe that can't buy me love or something where he's some I don't
0: know, can't buy me love. Yes, can't buy me love. That was it. I love Patrick. Those old Patrick Dempsey movies are great. Those rom coms are good.
1: Back before he was McSteamy or whatever. So
0: <laughs> he just, he's just one of those guys. I just, everything he does, I like what he does. Definitely. You know, he's just cool. But. Yeah, you're right. That's a really good point. Like, they can't let it go. Now, here's the deal. Here's what you need to understand. This is human nature. Mm -hmm. Okay? The people that are pulling the levers in the record industry right now, at the top of the major labels, with all the power and all the relationships and everything like that, they are there for a reason. They're all there for the same reason. Because they have important relationships in radio Mm -hmm. and they understand radio and half of them are also hit songwriters Mm -hmm. whose whole now just think about this in terms of reality their whole revenue stream their whole life has come directly from radio as a hit songwriter and then indirectly from radio as a paycheck from a record label that makes their money on radio Mm -hmm. okay so it's their identity yeah i'm a hit songwriter i got 10 number ones i got 20 number ones i'm also working at this record label how can you no human wants to look in the mirror and just be like well it's all over it doesn't mean anything anymore Mm -hmm. it's their identity it's their legacy it's everything that makes them important to other people it's how they add value to society and when all of a sudden that method of because i'm not saying this to make them sound like egotistical right but i mean imagine that you're a preacher at a church and you're beloved at your church and then all of a sudden there's some sweeping law that says you can't have churches anymore
1: oh that happened during the pandemic but whatever (laughs) <laughs> but, yeah.
0: That's another thing. How yeah. well, do you add value? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, it's like what you do. This is how you help people. And all of a yeah. sudden, you can't do it. And everything that you've done for your whole life, that whole body of work now just doesn't mean anything anymore.
1: Mm.
0: It's called being y 2 k It doesn't feel good. And not only will people avoid it, they'll do anything to stop it from being disrupted. Yeah. So, you guys, you have to understand this. Okay. Like, they aren't, it's not going to be the labels that come around and figure this out. If a label had, and a major label had an epiphany and was like, you know what? We need to switch over to digital right now. This is what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. Blah, blah, blah. Well, that guy has to answer to the board of directors. Mm -hmm. And one week later, he's going to be called into the board of directors with his job on the line. And they're going to say, how in the hell did you go from being a beloved leader for the last 20 years of our record label to having a mutiny and everybody wants your head because they all have mortgages. They all have kids that are going to college. They all have car payments. And all of a sudden they're looking at the demise of their existence and and their way of making money because We're going to switch over to something different and not radio. They can't do it. They won't do it. Why does this matter to you? Because, man, if you get a deal at a record label, you need to be asking a lot of questions before you sign those papers. Uh How are you going to promote me? Because they're going to run out of money trying to promote you on the radio. Your runway is going to go to nothing and you're gonna now be stuck with a contract on a label that they may or may not let you out of after they've decided to shelve you. Yeah, I know plenty of artists who just like literally had to scrounge up 100,000 bucks to try to get out of their record deal because the label just wouldn't let them go. Because they're too busy making money with other artists that are working for them.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Or something stupid like somebody in the band pissed off somebody in the legal department. So you know what, F you. Yeah. You get out of this yourself, but we're not going to help you. I mean, just the bottom line is you're not in power. Now you can't do anything. It was all because you took the candy on the shelf and you thought it was like you tried to go for the prom queen, Brent, as you said, <laughs> yeah. and you weren't paying attention to the little mousy girl with the glasses. And you know, she doesn't wear clothing great, but you put her in that hot dress and all of a sudden you're like, whoa,
1: <laughs> hey. But you know, actually what it is not the prom queen is like two years ago prom queen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Years ago. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The major labels are lost in this new era, and they keep pouring money into radio. And just like advertisers overpay for spots on network TV, listenership and viewership on network TV are way down. But radio and TV are the best way to reach mass, however tiny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to say that again. Radio and TV are the best way to reach mass. However, tiny. Sorry, does this playlist make my mass look big? No.
1: No, uh, Let me know what you mean by that. I'm confused.
0: Well, I mean, it's such a dichotomy, right? However, tiny the mass is. I mean, a third rate, you know, when, when Seinfeld... Went off the air. The last episode of Seinfeld, which is the largest TV audience in the decade of the 90s. It was a huge, like just what he's talking about here, overhyped media advertising extravaganza. They were, everybody was scrambling to pay the most amount of money to put a commercial on that half hour episode. Mm -hmm. And the audience was big for the 90s. But what nobody understands is that, and this is 1998, by the way. So this is, it's almost 20 years ago, right? No, it's almost 30 years ago, good Lord. The size of the Seinfeld audience on the last episode paled in comparison to the size of a network audience on a third-rate, bottom-of-the-barrel, about-to-be-cancelled sitcom in 1979, when there was only three channels and less people in the country. So you're talking about, like, if you don't get 100 million viewers, you're going to get canceled on network TV from the 50s through the end of the 70s through Mm. through the cable TV hookup. And one of the biggest hits that we've had in the last 20 years is The Walking Dead. And that was an audience of 5 million people. Yeah. Okay. So... (laughs) It's 5 million people, though, but it ain't 100 million. It ain't like it used to be. You know what I mean? That's right. So here's what he says. He says, we've noticed for over a decade that terrestrial radio is moribund. It goes on records after they've become established hits online. Moribund, 50-cent word. Here's what the synonyms are. At the point of death, <laughs> at death's door, on one's deathbed, near death, Breathing one's last breath. So speaking of The Walking Dead. Holy crap. Yeah. Bob Les just said that. He said, never have we had a track like rich men north of Richmond, which went to number one and stayed there based solely on streams with radio, not even playing the track. Mm -hmm. Rich men north of Richmond is nowhere to be found on the media based country chart, y'all. And it's not on the top 40 chart either. That's mind blowing, right? He said, sure, maybe both of these formats will ultimately go on the Oliver Anthony track. But I must ask, who are these passive terrestrial radio listeners who need to hear it on the radio to then consume? Uh They aren't. And as I stated above, this is all about consumption. Terrestrial radio pays no recording royalties. They only pay copyright royalties.
1: None. Good for the songwriter, not great for the artist or the label.
0: Right. And so, you know, when I was telling you about the playlist company before creating, because they have traffic, creating the cover songs, they don't own the copyright. Correct. They're solely making money on the master Mm -hmm. because they own the master, okay? And it's not as much as the artists make, but when you're getting a million streams a month on your playlist, when you can do that for a song, you can make money. I mean, first month, he's cash flow positive by $2,200. Nice. I mean, it's insane, right? Mm -hmm. You make money owning the masters. And I can tell you that... Building your catalog on Spotify matters, even at a small, small level. My artist, Mackenzie O'Brien, can get the same amount of streams on her release as my other artist, Josh Roy, but Mackenzie gets, when we're promoting that, they get the same amount of streams on the song that we're promoting, but Mackenzie gets a higher popularity score on Spotify. Why? Because she's been releasing stuff since 2017. Mm Mm-hmm. And josh's catalog isn't that big yet yeah it's all about consumption terrestrial radio pays no record uh, recording royalties and that's why radio is, st- is still the na- label's number one focus the labels on the masters yeah and they don't make money in the publishing like it's you see how this doesn't make sense
1: no on any level on any level except for the ego level of the old school hey we got number one at radio or yeah yeah
0: And so far, Oliver Anthony has refused to make a deal. Mm -hmm. He's been offered him. I promise you that, a bunch of them. He says, you know, Chance the Rapper made it without a record deal, but that's hip-hop with a long history of free mixtapes. But country, a supposedly controlled market all beholden to radio? Mm -hmm. Maybe we're entering the second revolutionary age. The first started with the internet and Napster. The second starts with the death of traditional exposure outlets. Hmm. It's not only radio, but television. A late night appearance means nothing. Yeah. SNL and CBS's Sunday morning can move the needle, but no other show has this power. And by the way, the moving the needle power of SNL and CBS's Sunday morning, significantly less than what it was 20 years ago.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking Beatles on Ed Sullivan too.
0: Yeah. You're talking like a spot on SNL was coveted and could help, seriously help break a band. Yeah. So that was a, you know, a big deal. So the labels find the talent online after it established success with a fan base. After they, here's another way to say that, after they get leverage.
1: Yes. It's like in the words of Shark Tank, hey, what are your sales like? You want me to invest?
0: What are your sales like? Show us. Exactly. Shark Tank, dude, you're right. You're right. You're totally right. He says the labels find the talent online after after the talent establishes success with the fan base and then the major label exploits said music, dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. Exactly how? Yeah. That's what you need to be asking. Exactly how are you going to exploit my music? How are you going to make me more popular? How are you going to help me expand my audience exactly how are you going to do it and the first person at the table that says hey we've been doing this for a long time kid don't you worry rebu- uh-uh. get up and walk out mm-hmm. get up and walk out you need to know you need to know that they know because the odds are right now they don't know right And he's saying, look, Bob goes on to say, I'm not saying the major labels are going out of business. There's no way, because they control almost all of the recorded music history. It's in their vaults. Yeah. But new music? Question mark? This is you, indie artists. This is you, the new music. Okay? He said, this is why we have so many successful genres of music today. It used to be if it wasn't on the radio, it was marginal. If it wasn't on MTV, it was marginal. But now you don't even need a label to sell tickets. Mm -hmm. And there's more money in tickets than recordings anyway. Yeah, Tickets are expensive and shows bond your audience to you. Live is efficient in a way that radio never was. But how do you get found online? Well, if you're trying to work it, your only hope is to have a profile in the genre in which you participate. The other players and the audience must be aware of you. Mm -hmm. Starting from absolute scratch is nearly impossible. I disagree with this statement. I just think it hasn't been really done yet on a repetitive level, which is exactly what Daredevil's working on, right? Mm -hmm. By building that repeatable, reliable pipeline for breaking an artist and which has to do with exposure and, and creating that in, in the way that need, it needs to be created to get people turned on to an artist on a digital platform as opposed to radio right that's right as is worldwide domination which she says is nearly impossible mm-hmm. so the majors still control the top 40 but it means less than it ever has in its history being a top 40 artist. The majors fight for slots in the Spotify top 50, but some of those acts are one hit wonders. Furthermore, and this led me down a rabbit hole, okay? As detailed by Billboard, the majors can't even break a new act anymore. That's gonna be my next episode. I found the article. (laughs) Yeah. I've been saying it forever. Right, because they, you know, because radio doesn't break artists anymore. Therefore, the labels can't break artists anymore, because what do they know? Radio. Radio. What won't they try? Anything but radio. Mm -hmm. Because then all of a sudden, if it works, everybody's out of a job. We don't (laughs) need you, right? Because we found something that works. We don't need radio anymore. So all of a sudden, there goes the radio promo department. Got their pink slip. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Half the people running the company. Here you go. Thank you. Thank you for your time. We don't need you anymore. You think they're going to do that? Uh Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You think they're going to compete? Is it human nature to say, well, golly, gee, maybe this new crazy uh, social media thing, we should figure that out instead of complaining about it and try to adapt and try to become a student of the game. They won't do it. They're going to get rid of it. They're going to try to keep it out of the building for as long as they can. You know where you saw this happen? Uber and the taxi cabs. Mm -hmm. When Uber first came out, Yellow Taxi was by far worldwide the number one most recognized brand name for getting a lift somewhere. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: If they would have just went and spent the money that they had to create an app and try to compete with Uber, they would have been way better off than they were now. But they spent 10 times the money. It would have taken them to go up the learning curve and create that app on trying to do what? Eliminate Uber. Eliminate the competition. Mm -hmm. And how did that work for them, by the way? When was the last time he got in a cab? Mm. Yeah. Holy crap. The majors can't even break an act anymore. Acts come from the bottom up, not the top down. The bottom up is the internet. The top down is manipulation and aforesaid radio and TV. And if this were working, we'd have new breakout stars. But we don't. We don't. And you know what? You can make an argument that there's a couple artists who have kind of broken like that lately, but all of a sudden now I'll tell you that that argument, is true as it may be, they're the outliers. Mm-hmm. They're the lottery winners. Go back on Wikipedia and picture and, and, and just Google like the top, the, all the debut records from artists that were released in any given year in the 70s and the 80s or the 90s, and you will be astonished at how many brand names you know, and you don't even listen to that genre. Yeah. That's how many artists got enough attention and a big enough brand name that you don't even listen to this or that, And but you know who they are. You've heard that name before. You're familiar with it. Wow, 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 right? So yeah, we don't have breakout stars. Now here's another one. Hear me, hear me people, hear me climbers. As for dead tree publicity, as in like using paper publicity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Print publicity. Yeah. It works for the acts that it works for acts for the aged, but it's irrelevant when it comes to youngsters who are active consumers. Mm -hmm. So paying 2,500 bucks a month for that PR company to get you some print maybe and Mm -hmm. billboard or Rolling Stone,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You might as well just take that money And light it on fire Yeah. Even if you get in there it's not going to help you mm-hmm. It's not going to move the needle Like it used to move the needle It doesn't have the impact It doesn't have the power Because Rolling Stones listenership Or viewership is way down The subscribership mm-hmm. Good lord Every day I'm hit up with like ridiculous 70% off your subscription You know come back Like no right. They're not They're They're circling the drain Right. Mm-hmm. So everything that moves the needle is online, which is a huge cornucopia of information. Then again, rich Men North of Richmond breaks the paradigm. It is unique because it was grown by the public and agitated politicians who pushed the number. Hmm. Yep. Because they hated it. More people loved it. Yeah. Yes, politicians and their news outlet Penumbra have more power than terrestrial radio, traditional TV, or anything else. It turns out organic is desirable, and if you're organic, you have a chance of being embraced by people who will promote you. But let's talk about organic. You know, I think too many people attach organic to, like, what happened here with Richmond, North of Richmond. This is lightning in a bottle. This is... This is winning the mega Powerball for $1.5 billion, which just happened. Yeah. This is not a life goal. This is super, super lucky for a lot of reasons. Not to say that it's unworthy mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form, but, I mean, the way that this happened is huge. This cow is just on Joe Rogan, by the way. Yeah. Which you turned me on to, Brent, that he came there when you were here. Mm-hmm. But organic, that you know, the, the Beatles were organic, I'm going to change the phrase of organic when it comes to like how you kind of break out to, to say that organic is, is just a solid, fundamentally sound marketing strategy because organic doesn't mean zero marketing, which is really what happened with Richmond North of Richmond. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a mistake to say that to equate, What happened with Richmond, North of Richmond with organic, it's not organic. But if you don't have a solid promotional strategy in place and you get lucky and have some sort of virality, Mm -hmm. then you're going to blow it anyway. Yeah. Right. So I'll give you an example, like Big River or Black River Entertainment has Kelsey Ballerini. I think that's their biggest artist on the label. Yeah. The way that Kelsey Ballerini came to attention of the public was organic because- Taylor Swift tweeted about her and then took her on tour. Mm-hmm. But if Black River Entertainment didn't have the professionals and the team that they had who knew how to maximize the exposure and the outcome of that lucky organic wind in the sails, then Kelsey Ballerini is not the artist that she is today. Right. You know what I mean? That that team had to do their job and had to be there in order to make that happen or it's not going to do what it needs to do. So so marketing and with the Beatles, they weren't organic. The Stones, they weren't organic. Mm-hmm. They were you know, paying girls to go out and buy the records of these artists so that they would chart. Mm-hmm. And then when they would chart, all of a sudden the terrestrial radio stations in England were like, oh, Well, who are these guys? The Beatles, they're charting. People must like them. Let's give them a spin. By the way, those were all cover songs, not for nothing. Mm -hmm. That's what gave them the sort of credibility to get on the radio, which got them the exposure that they needed back in the 60s, which made them the freaking Beatles and the Stones. But it was calculated marketing. It was and the organic part of it was that the music was really good and the people that heard it really liked it. Yeah, that's the organic part. Mm -hmm. Okay. do not confuse organic with lack of marketing. So Richmond, north of Richmond, is not try this or try that in a small town. Dig this. Jason Aldean came from Macon, and he didn't even write that song. And the controversy seeded the track, right. which shot up and then fell online, which is the only place where you can make any money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So while well, Aldean is number 10 on this week's media-based country chart, but try that in a small town is number 32 on the Billboard streaming chart. All that terrestrial airplay? The label ain't making a dime. The publisher is, and the writers are. God bless them. And and maybe Aldine's image is being burnished, but when it comes down to money, Oliver Anthony trumps Aldine. period, because Anthony's consumption figures are much higher. Hmm. Can you believe I just read that? (laughs) Can you freaking believe I just read that? This dude from Virginia who sang a song with really pretty poor quality with a guitar that wasn't even completely in tune in the woods. Yeah. Making more money than Dean is on a, you know, song for song basis. Mm-hmm. At, at this moment in time, Jason Aldean's got more money than he does. But right. I tell you what he's all there right now, Oliver Anthony needs to make 10% of the gross that Jason Aldean has to make to blow Jason Aldean's personal income out of the water yeah. because he gets it all.
1: That's the
0: thing. So, wow, Mania mania might get you noticed, but it's the music that sustains you, Uh which is why Morgan Wallen continues to dominate the charts with no stunts employed. Wallen can be loved by everybody. It's conventional song structure with verses and choruses, the basic building blocks, which are rarely the key elements in the Spotify top 50. And if they're present, the tracks are rarely believable, barely credible. So... Bob Lessett says, something is happening here. Don't forget, although distributed by a major label, Big Loud, which is Morgan Wallen's record label, is an independent. Next time, will the independent do it themselves? (laughs) Do they need to be distributed by a major? Yeah. Wow. Do you sell your soul to the company man? That's what we've been told to do so for decades. Take the money, forget the audience perception, sell your songs. Better to have the cash than the control. Maybe that's all wrong, he says. Maybe radio is no longer all powerful. Maybe Oliver Anthony is a harbinger of what's to come. And then he says, but maybe not. (laughs) One thing is for sure, terrestrial radio is circling the drain when it comes to breaking acts. It's never meant less. Maybe you want it to be a part of your marketing campaign, but if you're making it number one, you're missing the target. Mm-hmm. Boom. End of blog. Wow. I think sobering is the word. I wish all record executives would hear that, would read that. Yeah. And understand that. But then again, there's nothing they can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Anyway, guys, it's all about the traffic. You know, when you own the traffic, you rule the road and you can read all about this on a free download that I have for you. OK, go to gift J-O-H-N-N-Y, gift and just tell me where to send it. It's free. It's a pretty stout PDF, by the way, and it breaks down more of what we're talking about here, mm-hmm. like why we have a love affair with radio, why it worked, how it worked, and then we start talking about how digital works, why it works, and how it works, and it's all about how it's consumed
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna have a Wednesday win here, hopefully next week, yeah with a we talked about this with an artist that is just going to be a really, really, really big deal for my company and this is some of the stuff we were talking about with with traffic you yeah. know and and just how it was consumed. you know this is not a broadcast device, even though the music industry thinks it is, because for them, for all intents and purposes, it's behaved like that. You know, when Taylor Swift has 250 million followers on her Instagram and she tweets out something about Kelsey Ballerini, Kelsey Ballerini becomes a star. That's the power that she has. But like I was telling this artist that I'm hopefully going to be bragging about next week, I said, that's like huge influence. But when was the last time you got together with your besties and you guys all had a beer and you streamed your device to the big screen and you looked at your Instagram feed together? Right. Right. And he howled. He's like, oh my God, hell no. <laughs> right. I'm like, one to one first. Yeah. One to one first before you can have that influence. It's one to one first. And what do Taylor Swift's fans all believe? And why is she the biggest freaking artist in the planet? She is the first female. And I think only the second artist ever to reach a hundred million monthly followers on Spotify. Hmm. They believe she loves them. Yeah. They believe she cares. hmm which is the complete opposite of the way radio works. Yeah I get a big hit song, You come to me. right? Mm-hmm. No no no. Now she broke on radio, but she's young enough and smart enough to know how digital works and it's a one-to-one relationship. So those are the secrets. That's what that PDF talks about, guys. It'll help get you asking the right questions and then your subconscious will reward you with the right answer. So make sure you join the climb community. Make sure you follow the podcast. Tell a friend about this podcast, please. Let's help as many people as we can because this podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing.
1: And we'll see you at the top.